I'm Chris Nessie, host of Behind the Mic, Voices of the EPN, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Todd Bloom, the Chief Learning Officer at CAMI. CAMI is a popular tool with educators, and it empowers students through more than 40 tools and features. This is so cool. Lots to learn. What a cool platform to help teachers work with their students. Thanks so much for listening. And by the way, before you go, it'd be so cool if you went to my website, stephenmaletto.com slash reviews and uh, left a review. Could you do that for me? That'd be so awesome. Uh, maybe say some nice words and how about five stars? Hmm? <laughs> Thanks for thinking about it. You are awesome. Enjoy the show. It's the education podcast, your favorite show. With lots of groovy guests and they share what they know. So crank it up to 10 and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steve Maletto. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Teaching, learning, leading, K-12. Ah, ah, with Dot Stimoletto. Cami is an all-in-one classroom sidekick that makes K-12 learning personalized, accessible, and engaging, and is a popular tool among educators and empowers students through more than 40 tools and features, including rich annotation and markup tools, voice and video comments, uh, read aloud and voice typing options, imported multimedia, PDF editing, and more, providing students multiple means of engagement. Today, we're going to be talking about Cami, and, and Todd Bloom, the chief learning officer at Cami, is with me, and uh, we're going to talk all kinds of stuff about Cami here. So good stuff. Todd, welcome, and thanks for joining me, and say hi to everyone. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Well, glad you're here, and uh, Todd, let's start with you first. Um, so who's Todd and what drives you? What uh, What's going on with you here with Cami? <laughs> what's going on with me today? Um, well, maybe I'll start a little bit uh, where I've come from. Um, so my, my background is, is uh, elementary school teaching. So I was a teacher on the Navajo Indian Reservation in Arizona and then spent some time teaching in a very different type of uh, environment in a wealthy suburb of Chicago. Um, really enjoyed both experiences. Uh, got to really focus on the craft of teaching, uh, better understanding how students, what students bring to the classroom, including their culture and language and so forth, influences their their actual educational needs as well as how they thrive as a learner. So um, after that, you know, it's typical is you, you go into administration perhaps, or you you continue your craft and and becoming more and more excellent at it and having a better impact on students. <clears throat> I chose a different path. I, I think my curiosity got the best of me and it continues to. Um, and I, I ended up uh, moving on to one of our regional education laboratories. Um, there were 10 at the time, uh, all federally funded, and and I got to focus on teacher professional development using technology at the time. So I spent many, uh, many years focused on data retreats, so helping school improvement teams better use data to inform instructional planning as well as school improvement planning. And I won't go into all the details uh, since then, another 20 years of uh, either being like a fra fractional executive in a, either a school system or an ed tech company or a nonprofit um, or doing full time at, at, at certain points throughout my career. And again, I think curiosity drives me. Um, that's who I am. And um, it can look a lot like he gets bored, but I think it has a lot more to do with um, my eagerness to solve problems in education. So um, it's been a fascinating uh, ride so far, and I'm looking forward to the next challenge. 
Awesome. Now, I got I to gotta make sure we talk about this because, you know, Arizona and Chicago are not exactly like next door neighbors. <laughs> um, did you, were you in one state and then went to the other one? Or, I mean, how did that work? Were you already in Arizona and when that opportunity happened or did you? Uh... Yeah, it's interesting. So um, I've, I've learned that it's good for me to follow my wife when she moves. Um, and so nice, nice, that's yes. really what's uh, set in, in course the uh, these these moves that I've made, whether it's Chicago where we met uh, down to Arizona um, or back to Minnesota um, nice. and then Virginia and then here in Salt Lake City. So I've kind of been doing a, a full circle here um, in the U.S. Um, and a lot of that has to do, again, with with my following my wife's uh, career and, and her moves. Um, but some of it's been my doing. Um, I spent uh, seven years in the, the great uh, state of Virginia, um, where I was a research professor at UVA um, in the School of Education, but also had, had built a Jefferson Education Accelerator with a colleague named Bart Epstein, um, where we invested um, both services called research services, as well as capital into early stage ed tech companies. Um, and, and that was what kept brought me to Virginia from, uh, from Minnesota at the time. But, uh, but yeah, it's been a lot of, a lot of moving and a lot of exploring, uh, both professionally and, and personally. Very cool. Very cool. I appreciate you sharing that. Cause that's a neat, that's a neat thing when that happens, because, you know, one of the things that happens is, uh, you get a lot of different perspectives because you, you're talking with people in different situations, you're working with people, you're do, doing different things. And, uh, that, that's cool. That's very nice. And, and you have mm -hmm. definitely made a circuit because now you're a little, <laughs> a little North of Arizona from where, where that career started. So I think that's, that's cool. Right. Uh, that's right. Good stuff. So, so let's look at Cami. What's its purpose mm -hmm. and what's its why? Yeah. I, you know, um, when, when one builds a, a, a product that starts as very much a, a point solution, um, but becomes over time, and it's been 10 years since the beginning of Cami, um, as a specific point solution focused on annotating PDFs to now what is what I would describe as an instructional differ, uh, differentiation tool. So as uh, I was when I was teaching fifth grade on the Navajo Indian Reservation, I remember handing out that graphic organizer sheet manually to my students. Um, well, th th that was fine. And, and, and yet everybody got the same sheet unless I took the arduous uh, time of, of trying to customize or what we call personalize um, some of these these learning assets for students. Um, well, on Cami, you can import you know, that document, that worksheet graphic organizer, um, and you can annotate it, not just with text and highlighting and so forth, but I can actually videotape or do an audio of my, as a, as a teacher, instructions to specific students or student groups to personalize or customize that instruction vis-a-vis -vis that document or that asset. And so that's the differentiation that is so useful um, in the classroom. And of course, since Cami is a, is a technology-based tool, uh, a web-based tool, that can be done virtually. Um, and that's why we saw such a wonderful um, uptake in usage, literally in the hundreds of percents <laughs> of usage uh, during COVID. Um, so certainly, um, that was good um, for Cami, and certainly we think good for teachers and and learners. But certainly uh, came at a at a price, a health health crisis price. But um, but yes, that's that's essentially what Cami is is a instructional uh, and differentiation tool. Very cool. So, uh, all right. So, uh, this is not meant to be. I know this is not a simple answer, and I also know that it's probably. <laughs> um, 
that we could probably talk for kind of hours about this as well. <laughs> but how's it work? I mean, how, how does it? I mean, what what does it do? Because it's pretty cool what you're just talking about. Because you know, mm-hmm. just to know when I started when I started teaching, one of the things that I'm not much in years, but one of the things that I remember very well is that like if I just simply wanted to make a seating chart, you know, I had to draw them or find somebody who already made one and copy it. And uh, you know, on the on the copy machine or on the the little purple the thing that you turn the handle on and do all that fun stuff. And, uh, you know, so it's cool listening to one of the things that you talked about where you just import it and then suddenly you got to do all this sort of stuff and there's just such cool stuff. So how, how's it work? What's it, you know, what's it doing here? I do remember the purple fingers. Was it a nice. mimeograph or something like that? I can't remember. What that's, that it, was. that's it. That's it. It certainly was messy. Yes. And I do remember, um, fast forward, what, five years, 10 years from there, you know, uh, being told you only have so many pages, paper that <laughs> yes. you can use in the, in the copier nice. and so forth. Um, yeah, I, I mean, you, you could think of any form of document, whether it's a document, a Google Doc. And of course, we're very, very close. We're one of the larger partners with Google Classroom, uh, meaning we we have many, many, many classrooms, teachers and students that, that are using Google Classroom, which is practically ubiquitous, that are therefore pulling uh, documents into Kami. Um, in order to interact with those with those documents, whether it's the teacher preparing those documents for students to engage with, or it's students engaging with one another and their teacher on that document itself. And so there really is a, as I described it um, earlier, I didn't emphasize there, there is really a collaboration that happens around within Kami around these documents and videos and audio and so forth. Um, Cause we do want to encourage collaboration, teaching and learning is a social uh, endeavor. And, and we certainly want the platform to support that. And it does. Um, the, the, the other thing that I'd, I'd share that's, uh, that's relatively recent, um, and I'm just thrilled that we're working in, in this regard, is around Cami Questions. Cami Questions is um, Cami's version of what I would consider to be formative assessment. And so, as we know, uh, it's uh, assessment these days, and I think it's been, uh, been much a focus for most district leaders that um, we really should be doing assessment for learning versus assessment of learning. Sometimes we have to do assessment of learning, meaning it's the summative assessment at the end of the year, the state assessment, um, or it's an end of course assessment. But really where formative assessment is, is most useful is on a daily basis, where one can create an assessment through Cami questions within Cami. It could be attached to a reading prompt that was a document that was imported into Cami by the teacher. And then one can collect that information as to how the students did on let's say identifying theme within that, uh, within that reading prompt. And then the teacher can review those data quickly to be able to then respond appropriately, whether they, he or she needs to reteach or emphasize a different aspect of theme, or maybe redo the, the the reading prompt or what have you. And so, very excited about a formative assessment. It's something that I've focused on for a, for a number of years as a professional, um, and have, having even invested in and personally in some of these uh, technology solutions in the formative space. So that's that's one aspect of Cami that's probably not front and center, but but will be in the coming months as we continue to roll it out to more uh, school districts. That's so cool. I appreciate you explaining that because it's, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of look at it and it's like, and so how, did, how does it w- make it work? So I'd, I'd like, I appreciate you talking about that. Uh, all right. So you're Cami's chief learning officer. What does that mean? I mean, what do you do and, and why'd you, <laughs> why did you come to Cami specifically? 
why do I chuckle? Um, <laughs> so I've had over the years, whether it's full-time, so one of uh, full-time or part-time, I've had this role of either chief academic officer or chief learning officer. Um, the, the last place I had the, uh, at an ed tech company, the chief academic officer role um, was at a, a company called Hobson's that has since been broken up about a year and a half ago. Um, it had both at a higher ed business as well as a, um, uh, a K-12 business. And the K-12 business for this audience probably would would recognize the, the product called Naviance or Naviance if you're fancy uh, in terms of how you pronounce it. But it's the most ubiquitous kind of, I think it's up to 55, 60% of all high school students use it for college and career and life planning. Uh, as it were, that got sold to power school uh, in the breakup. But in that role, it's very similar to what I, I'm doing with with Cami, though on a smaller scale. And so chief learning officer, just as a chief academic officer would be focused on, is really the the um, the focus on the learning aspect, the teaching and learning aspect of the product. Um, and so what we talk a lot about, and I've uh, been on this bandwagon for a number of years, is the efficacy of the product. Have we designed a product that not only uh, does what it says it's going to do, so from a transactional standpoint, but also does it have the learning outcomes that we hope it to have? Um, I've been thrilled over the years to see more and more focus on efficacy of ed tech products. And I actually have run many studies over the last, let's say, seven to 10 years, um, whether I was at University of Virginia or most recently Western Governors University. Um, and there is a, a firm focus on efficacy, research, both heavy research like randomized control trials, as well as lighter research, if you will, or more rapid um, uh, research that can be found in the in, in kind of survey uh, based research and, and qualitative studies. Um, that's one aspect of what I'm doing for Cami. We have two research studies going on, one just taking off in the UK. Um, and then we have another study that's uh, right in the throes of data analysis uh, with a district in, in California. So that's one aspect of a chief learning officer. Let's focus on what is the product, how does it make a difference, and let's measure it. <clears throat> another part of this is, is PR, or public relations. One of the things Cami did, and this very much attracted me to Cami, is they've grown really at the grassroots of where the rubber meets the road, however you want to describe it. It's the teaching learning. It's in the classroom is virtually in the classroom or it's physically in the classroom, but they've sold, so to speak, or engaged teachers one-to-one -one versus what you see a lot of in, in ed tech. And it's also uh, could be attributed to the push by their investors to grow quickly that, that, that companies will focus on the top end, meaning they'll go to a school district leader and say, all your schools should love Cami. Um, buy it from us for all your schools and hopefully they'll love Cami. Well, that's not how Cami grew. Cami has grown through engaging teachers, both in a freemium version of Cami, and then if they so choose, they can upgrade and start paying for Cami. And so over the last 10 years, that's how we've gotten into the tens of millions of users when you consider both uh, teachers as well as, as students comprising those tens of millions. And so um, what I'm excited about is, is how do we now, <laughs> that we have kind of critical mass in many school systems in the US and beyond, how do we engage those leaders to say, you didn't really know about us, You'd, you've been using us, but here's how the, the CAMI product is actually impacting teaching and learning and instructional differentiation in your school system. And so what that looks like is often reporting. So we're 
doing our best to to provide additional data around not just usage but also potential impact on teaching and learning to the leadership um, within the in the school district. So that's a lot of my work is how do we engage? And I just came back last night from the Council of Great City Schools uh, summer conference on uh, um, chief academic officers and and the like. So uh, really invigorated from that from that conference. Um, I'm, I'm also working on a, another uh, project. It's a little internal at this point, but it'll get to the customer, I hope, soon, where um, we're focusing on deepening the use of CAMI as well. So um, what, what teachers have to do, as we all know, is we, we have to teach to standards, whether they're state standards, a common core. Um, it's the curriculum that you're given, so to speak. It's the objectives that your students need to learn and be uh uh, to learn and be be excellent at, and and those are in the core academic areas of English, language, arts, science, and math, and and reading, and so forth. And so, how do we help teachers that have access to Cami, but are maybe a little reticent? They're not the early adopters of ed tech, but they're the ones that absolutely will use it when they see how to use it and how it contributes to the core uh, of what they need to do in the classroom, again, focusing on the core curriculum. And so we have an initiative where we're working with our CAMI heroes. These are full-time teachers um, in school systems that are deeply using CAMI in their classroom on a day-to-day, if not weekly basis. And I've engaged them and I've said like, what would happen if we, we created some lessons, some teacher lesson plans aligned to specific standards in the core academic areas and then you camified those lessons. You made them better through the use of CAMI in all the most relevant ways possible for your classroom. And so we're in the throes of that as well. So we're, we're collecting um, lessons. Um, interesting chat GPT, I'd be, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up generative AI, right? Um, in any podcast for that matter these days. But right. in this case, um, I, I've really used it as a utility and I won't get on my bandwagon unless you wanna know a little more about around generative AI and, and education. But I, I do see it as a value with regard to development, and in this case, lesson plan development. So rather than my asking somebody to build out a lesson plan in fifth grade math on adding and subtracting mixed numbers, why not ask ChatGPT4, which I did, um, and it had to regenerate a couple times before I got what I liked um, that I felt was constructivist, but also acceptable in terms of um, length and, and rigor and so forth. But uh, I was very impressed, and I used those as base lessons for those CAMI heroes to camify the lessons. So, again, interesting. I think we'll, um, whether it's important to the audience or not, CAMI, I, we, we are not jumping right into the generative AI pool um, with every other ed tech provider, but, um, but we are being very both cautious but really optimistic and, uh, and doing a thorough kind of review of where does this fit within our technology stack if at all, um, and we're excited about the, the possibilities and hopefully more news to come on that. That is awesome. I appreciate it. This is this is cool, and it's you got this neat background that really fits well with where you guys are trying to go and stuff like that, and I, I that's just cool. Uh, I, all right, so let's talk about the different services. Uh, well, before I go there, so who are you trying to get to, uh, to use Cami? I mean, who's your target audience? That's a, a great question, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit, but um, certainly teachers, are our primary um, user um, that we're trying to engage and support as they are looking for better ways to deepen the efficacy of their instruction and and student learning in the classroom, whether virtual or otherwise. Um, 
we we find, and it's very interesting to me as I came into Cami and was asking questions, much like you're asking around the product. You know, what are the use cases? You know, what is it? Is it the general ed teacher or do special ed teachers? You know, do, do they use Cami for addressing students with learning differences, um, whether they be physical or cognitive or what have you? And and what I found is actually special ed teachers is about ten percent of our teacher users are special ed teachers. And it makes a ton of sense when you think of how do you differentiate instruction in the in the mainstream classroom, um, whether the special ed students are in there or not, like that's an opportunity. Um, I don't know that we're written into IEPs or anything like that at this point, um, maybe, um, but but that use case uh, brings a lot of joy to, to, to my heart in terms of um, teachers, mainstream teachers, but also special ed teachers seeing a, a utility there. Another, another exciting uh, use case that I find is um, the area of <clears throat> instructional coaching. So almost every school district in America, I, I'm, I know I'm off on that, but almost probably, let's say the vast majority of school districts in America have some form of instructional coaching structure, whether it's one coach for the entire district or it's you know two coaches for every school. Um, as I uh, have spoken with, I was just speaking with uh, uh, Michael Hinojosa, the former superintendent of Dallas ISD, um, who's no longer there, as I said, former, um, but he, he believes as, and I agree that instructional coaching and, and the coachee, meaning the teacher that's receiving that coaching, um, tends to be one of the most efficacious form of professional growth or professional learning that I can, I've seen out there. And, and, and Michael agreed. And, and, uh, and I think that there is an opportunity for Cami to serve as a tool for improving instruction in this way, where let's say it's, uh, again, I'll use a common example here, fifth grade teachers, it's four of them in a given elementary school classroom. Maybe they are having a hard time uh, teaching, adding, subtracting mixed numbers and in their fifth grade classroom across the board. They've looked at the data, it shows that the students are struggling. They did a pretest, let's say, to to inform them in that regard. Well, let's let's build within Cami with our instructional coach as a as a guide, the most compelling, uh, rigorous, but also very uh, differentiated um, uh, set of assets. Whether it's Cami questions, it could be some form of uh, asset like a, a Google Doc that has been brought in that is a is a way of helping students break down the process of adding and subtracting mixed numbers. Maybe it's also a worksheet that can be delivered to home at uh, after school. But let's build that teaching learning experience. And then those four or five fifth grade teachers go teach. Let's collect the formative data after we've taught that lesson and come back to our instructional coach. How did we do? How did our students do more, more, uh, more importantly? And so that form of uh, instructional coaching, I know there's a lot of other ways to apply instructional coaching. We believe that, that Cami can be a real tool in that regard. And we're already, once you ask, you know, when you have, tens of millions of users. Once you start asking how um, people are using it, we're starting to uncover that's already happening. <laughs> so Todd, no, nice. you don't have a novel idea here. It's <laughs> happening. Um, and and we just need to codify that, right? And share it with other users so that they can benefit um, accordingly. I love that. That's, you know, and, and as a former high school principal, he used coaches um, quite a bit to, uh, um, to, to support uh, learning and growth of the individual teacher i mean i could just see how that could work just tremendously that's awesome absolutely all right so let's talk about some of the different services that you provide i mean is there one service that you provide that is extremely popular over some of the others i mean i spent a lot of time on your website um looking Mm -hmm. at uh, 
different stuff. And, uh, and I was just wondering about that. When you, when you ask services, I guess one of the things that, uh, uh, again, another area that I've spent some time on is um, implementation of technology, ed tech in particular, specifically instructional. Um, I'd rather represent and or use a mediocre product in its design and so forth, but it's implemented and supported incredibly well than to use an exceptional deep product highly efficacious that's implemented poorly because I know what the results are going to (laughs) be. The latter is not going to have the results that we all want it to. And even though it's fancy, shiny thing, but the former is, is really is what's going to take hold and what's going to result we hope in, 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 in a positive impact. And so one of the things that, um, and I really tip my hat to the the co-founders of Cami, um, and in particular, um, Bob Drummond, who's the the chief revenue officer, co-founder and chair of our board. He is, always been about it's not it's not about sale it's about usage <laughs> it's about how we engage teachers at the beginning part when they say that cami that looks interesting to me but boy i'm an early adopter and i'm still not really sure well there's certainly we have videos as every ed tech company does and in the how to and the cami 101 and those are based uh, you can find them on youtube and so forth and they're great and they they get you excited but it's really our BDR team or business development representative team and our CS team or customer service. Um, they're the ones who are helping teachers not just continue the excitement, but again, as I mentioned earlier, deepen the impact or usage of Cami on a more frequent basis in the classroom. And so that's why we do, it's not free professional learning, but it is, it is unlimited. I mean, so the, again, it's part of the license when a, a school or a teacher or a school district purchases Cami, that comes with it. And we really see a lot of usage of professional learning because we hire former teachers. It's another impact, right? So that when a teacher who's representing Cami and has used Cami in the classroom, that's where we find these folks, um, is now helping a teacher who's in the, was in their shoes or is in their shoes. Um, that's where we're really the, the, the common language that we know is so important in ed- education, <clears throat> as well as the shared experiences, even in some cases, um, it really, really makes a difference. Um, so I would say, again, implementation, when you think of service, um, implementation, as well as the support, the ongoing support is really where it's at and where I found uh, Cami to be exceptional. Um, I'd add one more thing um, to that. Customer service or CS, Typically, that's going to report up to it could report to the chief learning officer, perhaps, or it could report to um, it could be report to the chief uh, uh, chief revenue officer or development. It actually reports to the CEO. Wow! <laughs> so Henji, yeah, yeah, Henji, our CEO, he is always for ten years CS customer service. So he was probably doing it all, by the way, at the in the first few years. But like, um, but but he has it reporting to him. Nice. Well, he also has product development reporting to him. So you can see how complaint or excitement around something new, or like I said, complaint, something broken or whatever can find its way directly to Henji, the CEO, who also is over product where Henji can say, this is worth fixing, or this is worth building. Let's do it now versus the typical, which is a process and the executive team has to meet and consider it. And maybe it's probably a third level down kind of importance. Well, Henji can make those decisions. He can listen to the customer and make those product decisions almost immediately, which is really, that's very unique in my experience with EdTech. 
Oh, that's cool. Cause that's one of those yeah. things that, uh, you know, you wish a lot of times that someone who is at that level would, uh, you know, receive your concern or, uh, complaint because you, you kind of, well, first of all, you're worried that it's a bot <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and, and then second to know that, uh, it, it might, you know, whether it's going to somebody who can actually do anything about it or not because of what you might be frustrating. Well, I would think the CEO might be able to, yeah, that's mm -hmm. directed mm -hmm. to the right person. So good stuff as well as then know what it is that might be causing consternation or might be causing some issues. So that's, that, that's an awesome practice. I, I think that's amazing. Mm -hmm. that, all right. So, so tell me what it's like working with Cami first talk mm -hmm. to the idea of technology capability. I mean, what do you need to be able to use it? And then uh, what's it like using it? Yeah, the, 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 I'll take the, the, the how, what, what do you need? You need a browser, right? Nice, <laughs> you nice. need the internet, you know, you need some form of device. Like I think a lot of, you know, especially instructional slash learning technology has, has gotten that far forward at least. And, you know, again, I've, I've been doing this since the student information system or that acronym SIS was like, what, what is that again? SIS is a what? Like, so uh, again, I think that's been wonderful as you see these ed tech companies, they're just being built obviously web-based, but also responsive design, whether it's, you know, on an iPhone or um, what have you, but, but anyway, so what you need is, is, is basic. Um, the, the, uh, and your second question was, sorry, lot got lost my train of thought. What's it like working with it? I mean, what is, I mean, how does that, what, what's it look like when you're working with Cami? I mean, what it, uh... the actual product itself, not yes, the business. Yes. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so um, it's it, again, what, what I alluded to before in terms of like customer support and implementation to get up and running ain't that hard. Like, nice, nice. um, meaning when, when you, whether it's the free version or it's the paid version, it's really, and we encourage people to j just, if you're in Google classroom, just pull a doc in, open a doc <laughs> and start playing with the tool set tool set. As I mentioned earlier, it could be as simple as adding a text box alongside some, uh, uh let's say again, it's, uh, fractions worksheet, or it could be a reading prompt or whatever. Certainly you can get to the point where you're, you're doing, you're introducing Cami questions, formative assessment and so forth, or you're introducing a video, but we really encourage people just to open up a doc and start marking it up, playing with it. Um, and, and that's where, again, where we see people, um, begin to be ready for the professional learning call Marcus who heads our BDR team and, and ask him, i okay, what's grade by page again? Or how do I split this document and merge it with another document within Cami? And that's when 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 people get feel more um, obviously adept with the product, but they also start to think of how can I use this with my students? This is not just about uh, teacher productivity, it's about teacher efficacy in terms of instruction and student learning. And so that's, that's really how we see people kind of grow with the tool um, and the different parts of the tool that, that get people excited. That's cool. Cause you know, it, it, it's one thing, I, I don't know if you've ever tried to build a website um, and what's really awesome right now, this is not a commercial for any product or something, but um, what is really awesome right now is there are a lot of companies out there that for people like me um, have learned about things called, uh, you know, you don't want to know HTML and you don't want to have mm -hmm. to deal with, um, you know, if I can space, if, can I just move the boxes around? Can I just, you know, <laughs> use some template and do this so that I can be up and running. Um, I tried a bunch of years ago, there was this great deal and I'll not name the company, but there was a great deal on the product. We did one of those, uh, you know, Black Friday sales where someone told me <laughs> it's going to be great. You're going to get a three-year deal. It's going to be awesome. And so I did, I got a three-year deal of not 
ever understanding how to make it work. I spent a lot of time watching videos, listening to things, never being able to talk to a CEO, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's cool what you talk about. So that's why I bring it up because it's we're in such a world now where like just the browser, where in the past you used to have, to have a computer with so much um, RAM and so much um, stuff going on with it and, and things like that. And it's, and it's, you know, one of the things that I've learned over time, if you're working with educators is that the easier you can make it for them to just get using it, um, the better the world is, the more chance they're going to do that as well as use it enough to be able to give you feedback and comments. So. Yeah, low barrier to entry, Steve, is so important. Um, reducing friction, these are like the business terms or what have you that we often talk about in other products and companies talk about a lot. Um, but yet doing that and keeping it simple, like we continue, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary back in February. Um, this is, a, by the way, Cami's in Auckland, uh, as you mentioned earlier, Auckland, New Zealand-based company. We have about 25, 30 employees here in the U.S., a few in other countries, but the bulk are in are in Auckland and and we we did a little hackathon for about almost the entire week of all of us being together in the wonderful office in Auckland and um you know we we spent a lot of time on I remember one one group that we had had judged um really focused on simplification of just the menu bar beautiful like and, and we really what was the requirement the requirement is like reduce friction keep it easier for for novice and and or early users of Cami to jump right in and feel successful um, another thing that we that came out of, I think it was a hackathon two years ago or something like that. Um, I wasn't I wasn't with Cami at the time. Was this concept of a Cami library? Excellent. Cami library holds all kinds of templates, as I mentioned earlier, like a a worksheet for adding, subtracting, mixed numbers, or a worksheet uh, graphic organizer for identifying theme within a written uh, written piece or what have you. But those templates exist within the Cami library, meaning we've already reviewed them for um, for quality, um, and and then we put them up there. But then people can take those and mess them, mess with them, change them, what have you. But that's also another way of, as I mentioned, lessons earlier than that. That's where those lessons are going to reside in the Cami library. But the templates are even easier to use. You can just find one, bring it in, start using it. That's what I'm talking about. All right. That's, that's the type of stuff that uh, I, I really would need in anything that I'm doing and uh, good stuff. I love that. Uh, all right. So why should a teacher school start working with you? Why, why should they start working with Cami? What, give me that, that little blurb and commercial there that you want to do. <laughs> why should they start? I think they, they should start with Cami because they're looking to make sure that they're differentiating instruction within a given classroom that, that they are, identifying assets, meaning, uh, and it's not just worksheets, but it's assets, it's, it's assessments, it's those um, tools, uh, not tools, but those assets that they want to make relevant in both a virtual and face-to-face -face environment. By the way, like Cami is often used on a whiteboard. <laughs> and I know lots of other products are, but like Cami, you're, you're actually building, constructing, refining live and students can interact uh, with their own device in the classroom as well as watch their their teacher on a on an interactive smart board whiteboard what have you um and we we actually have great relationships with some of those and i, I got off topic there a little bit but but the, the the point is is if again if you're looking as a as a school district as a principal as a chief academic officer in a school system to really follow through on what we all believe we should be doing, which is differentiating instruction for learners and their specific needs, but you haven't cracked the, how do I do that? 
And how do I do that with very little time? <laughs> um, that's what, what, what Cami is really for. That's cool. I love it. So, so one area that I think is, again, attributes a lot of value to our implementation and ongoing usage, especially for teachers who have gotten into Cami. They've played around a little bit, but they're ready to go to the next level. As we And I mentioned videos that we have on, on YouTube and so forth, which are helpful, but, but also interacting with our Cami heroes. So Cami Heroes, I think we're up to about 150, maybe 160 worldwide. Um, many, of course, are based here in the U.S. And these are, as I alluded to earlier, these are expert teachers. They are teachers with lots of years of experience, um, with multiple grade levels often. Sometimes they're special ed teachers. They're not always uh, mainstream uh, teachers, but, but um, they're also heavy, heavy users of Cami. They are the power users. They have explored every aspect of Cami um, or close to it. And they become hugely valuable, both virtually to other teachers, not just in their district or school, um, but also in person. So we often have, uh, for example, we're just coming off of the heels of ISTE's annual conference in Philadelphia. Um, I was not there, unfortunately, this year. However, um, I have seen Cami in action at these major conferences, um, including ISTE last year. And this is where our Cami heroes will show up and they'll be doing demos and or new applications of Cami for teachers who are already using it, teachers who are interested. And so I would I would argue that the Cami heroes are just an absolute um, uh, boon for um, teachers who are interested in, in again, furthering their use and impact of, of Cami on, on student learning. So I would focus on, on, on those folks. And we hope to bring in more Cami heroes. We're on the look, look out for additional folks and uh, um, hopefully we'll, we'll find some soon uh, for next year. Awesome. I love it. Uh, uh, Todd, if someone wanted to follow up and connect with you and or learn more, where'd you send them? Um, to connect with me, I'm, I'm fine with direct email. You know, like I get a lot of email, but that's okay. Um, and my email is Todd, T-O-D-D dot Bloom. And that's B-L-O-O-M at Cami, K-A-M-I app, A-P-P dot com. Um, happy to, to receive emails there. Um, certainly active on LinkedIn um, and Twitter, perhaps. We'll see how, how that goes. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. And and let me just make sure that uh, I got that right. So it's Cami app. So is that A-P-P? Correct. Cool. Dot com, right? Dot com. Excellent. So I'll have that in the show notes. I'll have that information in the show notes. So it'll be easy for them to reach out to you, which will be very cool. So I got two last questions to ask you that have nothing to do with what we're really talking about. Um, mm -hmm. But I just like to ask them, I guess. So my first one is uh, when so much is happening and, uh, you know, and needing to be done, and you might get the feeling of, uh, uh, I'm done with this or wanting to quit. How do you not quit? How do you keep going? Um, that's a broad question. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, uh, allows me to go in a lot of different directions, but as a curious person, I, I have all kinds of directions I'd like to go. Do you mean in terms of just as a business, as a professional in a business, as a professional in a business, you personally? Oh yeah. That's such a great question. You know, I, I get a lot of um, uh, energy from working with my colleagues. Um, I get a lot of energy working with um, the teams that exist within Cami, or and this could be anywhere. I had the pleasure before Cami of of building a wonderful team at Western Governors University, our country's largest nonprofit university, one hundred and fifty, almost one hundred and fifty thousand students. 
Um, and I built a small ed tech accelerator there and, and just building from scratch can be incredibly energizing and that keeps you going. Um, and I, and I also realized that, um, my keeping me going, um, is also, it's important for me to keep others going. And so continuing to help, um, my colleagues, those people who might report to me, um, people I might report to, by the way, um, but keeping, um, a positive focus, a positive outlook and, and, and identifying those, um, guideposts, those examples of positive growth. And that doesn't have to necessarily be just revenue or number of users, but, but positive growth as a team, positive growth as a company is, is really important. And, and giving that those kinds of positive indicators and uh, guideposts that gives me energy too. So it's about people and progress. Excellent. Uh, that's awesome. Appreciate it. Last question for you. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? What would you say if given the chance to say thank you? So Mrs. Weeks um, was my um, kindergarten teacher. And so to, as a 51-year-old, I will disclose, um, hard to think back that far. But <clears throat> but boy, when they, they are great teachers, you don't forget them. Even it doesn't matter how young you were practically. Um, so I had the pleasure of, of attending a laboratory school. It's called Baker Demonstration School. It's a, it was connected at the time to National Lewis University um, in, in Evanston, Illinois, so, so somewhat close to Northwestern University. Um, in that school, and lab schools used to be a thing back in like the 70s and 80s. They're not such a thing now. I think there's an opportunity to bring them back, by the way, from a testing new ed tech and testing new uh, approaches to teaching. But, um, but that's what that was. That lab school was connected to a teacher's college. Um, and teachers would come in and, and, and or researchers would test new approaches to teaching and learning. And Mrs. Weeks was kind of the, the person who would raise her hand. It seemed like <laughs> we were always doing something different. And, and this goes along with what gives me fuel, right? As I mentioned, I'm a curious person. I've had a lot of jobs, so to speak, uh, and all in education. Um, I loved that, you know, variety, fragmentation. <laughs> I like that. And Mrs. Weeks was all about that. She also, um, my mom's a music teacher um, and she would always use song. Uh, and I know that's a very uh, kindergarten teacher kind of uh, approach, but, but just, it was a lovely voice. It was her creativity. She'd make up stories. Uh, NBC did filming in our classroom because of her, of her instructional approaches. So I, I got a celebrity teacher for kindergarten and Mrs. Weeks was, was that person. I wish you were still around to, to be with us, but uh, I know she had a huge impact on other teachers and certainly kids like me. That's cool. Thank you so much for sharing it. Todd, thank you so much for talking with me. Cami has an awesome focus. What a platform of cool tools. I mean, I love it. Wishing you the be best in all you do. Thank you, Steve. I appreciate your time. Hey, you have been listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. The opinions expressed on Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. 
Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmaletto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.